What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring our opinions and our news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 218. Going to talk some NFL today, uh, or tonight, depending when you're listening to this podcast. Talk about the uh, running back market, which is unusually strong, and we'll get into it. Uh, cap number was released for the 2024 season. Saw a historic increase, and we will get into the teams that have the top cap space. And top quarterbacks not throwing at the combine. I kind of feel, well, we both have certain feelings about certain players. So we'll, we'll get to that later. We don't want to spoil that now. But the running back market uh, was something you wanted to discuss um, because, as you said, really almost historic levels of talent are going to be available as free agents because there are some guys who could be tagged, but the year two tag number rarely ever happens. Right, right. There's a there's a lot, Chris. Yeah. I'm just going to go quickly down the list, and I'll throw you their age. And it kind of kind of screams like there's talent. Uh, we start with King Henry, uh, Derrick Henry. Age 30, he's a free agent. Um, clearly, he's moving on from Tennessee. You got Josh Jacobs, who's 26. You got Saquon, who's 27. Tony Pollard, 26. Austin Eckler, 28. Uh, uh, Edmonds, 28. Um, Zeke, 28. Devin Singletary, 26. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, free agent, 25. Because he was not, his fifth year was not picked up. Mm. DeAndre Swift, same thing. His, free, his fifth year wasn't picked up uh, and traded, uh, 25. Uh, Deontay Foreman, 27. Cam Akers, 25. J.K. Dobbins, 25. Uh, Kareem Hunt, surprisingly, he's only 28. Uh, A.J. Dillon, 26, Antonio Gibson, 26. And the latest today is actually this is a cut uh, by the Minnesota Vikings. Alexander Madison, 26 years old. This is a healthy amount of running backs available. Um, and like Chris pointed out, there are there are potentials for people to get it tagged. Um, right now, the number for the exclusive tag is not available. Um, the projected non-exclusive tag is a little under twelve million, so you can project the uh, exclusive tag, which means only um, one team can deal with that player. No team can come in and offer an offer sheet of any sort. Uh, probably looking in twelve, twelve and a half million for a exclusive tag, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, and like Chris Brown up to Jacobs, Bar- Barkley, and Pollard. They're all second. They would be all second year. Yeah, that's not happening. Franchise tags. So that's a hundred and twenty percent kind of the the money they got the previous year. So whatever the Jacobs like, I think got probably like ten or eleven. Barkley, we know he got um, eleven nine. I think uh, Pollard, I think was like ten. So it's going to be a hundred twenty percent of what they made last year. Um, so. It's, it's, and, and I don't think Henry's going to, oh, Henry's gone. I think um, they're going to move on from him. And a lot of these other guys, they're not going to get tagged because it's not worth it. This, I think, remember when we discussed about the, the running back meeting, um, this is kind of what they were talking about. It's mm-hmm. really right now. It's like one guy and that's it. It's Jonathan Taylor. That's like, that's the only player you can uh, basically stand there and say, this is 
the one guy that's getting paid, which is, I mean, for me, that seems absurd that that's the only guy that's basically, and then unless I'm, I'm missing somebody, I think that's literally the only guy that's getting um, top salaries is the only guy getting paid worth any dollar value. And, 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 and this is, this is, un, this is just derived from the changes in um, offense. And, and I think that's where you kind of have to look at where you have to kind of start um, right here. I, I got the top cat hits for 2024. I don't know if you've heard this, Chris. There are rumors that one Alvin Kamara might get cut. I don't know if you've heard that. No, I've not, but it wouldn't surprise me. I've seen a couple places that you know his eighteen million dollar cap hit. Because I'm sure we're we're gonna find out real quick that uh, some of those teams that are in the bottom of the list for cap uh, cap hell, um, you might find a, a certain team from New Orleans in that space. Um, there's rumors about Nick Chubb getting cut. Uh, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey are kind of the two, the two lone wolves, I would say. Like Joe Mixon's probably going to get cut, pay cut, cut period. Sanders will probably get cut. Like it's, and then you're starting to get into the five million dollar. Like this is, <clears throat> Aaron Jones has to stay because that's kind of their offense with with Jordan Love, but. Teams like if you're a running back, Chris, you're going to the free agent market and you're looking at your coworkers, aka your competition. Do you do you kind of sit back and wait for like if you're Josh Jacobs, if you're Devin Singletary, if you're Tony Pollard, do you sit there and wait for the offer that you want, or is this a musical chair situation? I think if you're Josh Jacobs, maybe even Saquon Barkley, you can, regardless of who signs. I know what you're saying. Like, are they afraid they're gonna the market's gonna get set too low? I think those guys are in a different league. Um, but Josh Jacobs is gonna have far more interest in Devin Singletary, as far as a higher contract amount goes. I mean, teams may want, more teams may want Singletary because he's more affordable, but like he's not a premier guy who can carry your offense. He's just not. We saw it in Buffalo. Uh, what was he last year? He was in uh, uh, Chicago, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. And, I mean, he's a fine running back. I'm not saying he doesn't belong in the NFL, but, I mean, like, <clears throat> he's not a caliber of a Josh Jacobs who can be the focal point of the offense if, you know, the coordinator knows what he's doing. Um, I think those guys are going to get their, their contracts, and then it's going to, uh, you know, so I guess the I guess the answer to your question, while I just kind of made it sound like no, is actually yes. <laughs> there will be, um, we got to jump and strike while the iron's hot to get these contracts because Saquon and Jacobs are different animals. They're not gonna they're gonna find theirs. They may not get top dollar. They may not get McCaffrey money, or should they? Uh, but they're gonna get paid. They're gonna get a decent contract somewhere for a few years. These other guys may have to if they want to make sure they're playing and earning at all, yeah, they may have to watch it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Watch the rest of the market and go, well, this guy got like three and a half or four. My numbers weren't as good as his. The next team that offers me anything close to that, I better jump on it. Like it, It's it's going to fall quick, too. 
dominoes are going to fall quick like they always do. Right. It might be a few weeks or a couple of days, maybe even a couple of days into out, you know, after the legal tampering period, which still is a weird phrase to me. Uh, <laughs> just open free agency. Just call it open free agency. It's fine. Just call it that. What do you have a legal tampering period for? Um, but I think once that, you know, you may take some time, but once you see that first running back that isn't one of the big two sign, because I don't even think Pollard's, Pollard's not even in their league. Like he, no. he proved when he could be the guy, he couldn't be the guy. Right. So, I mean, he's a fine piece to an offense. Very, very talented player, but he's not going to get top dollar money because he's not carrying this. He's not carrying the position by himself. Um. So yeah, I think you are going to see a lot of these guys kind of once one chip falls, the rest are going to fall quickly because they're not going to want to lose these spots. There's only going to be so much money to go around the running backs. As it is, these guys are grossly underappreciated and disrespected, and the, the, the running back disrespect that is just the norm now is mind-boggling to me. It's mind-boggling. And you got to ask yourself, if, you, if you're a young player at, at a point when you're still learning, if you're a, a good college, really, really good um, high school player, and then a college, even a college you know, player who's kind of struggling to catch on, why would you not switch your position from running back? Why, why would you say, I'm going to take the position where I essentially get beat up the most of any of the quote skill positions, uh, so I can not make a tenth of what the wide receiver makes. Like what they're doing is is they're they're maybe unintentionally unintentionally doesn't matter. The results are going to be the same. They are going to self uh, reduce the overall talent level at the running back position across the board to the point where it, it, it could suffer and you might not see top running backs drafted, um, you know, or, or drafted highly because they're not going to be top of the, you know, top of the board and teams just don't seem to appreciate or want to pay them. So it's, it, it, why if you were a young player, would you even want to attempt to be a running back? <laughs> it's like, you're not going to get your payday. You're probably going to put yourself through hell physically and then, you know, maybe get one decent check one year and then get cut the next if you don't live up to the standards as the year before you got that contract. So it's like, what is your motivation at all if you're running back? If I was running back right now, I'd be running pass catching drills nonstop. Yeah. Like that's – here's what I'll, I'll kind of <clears throat> enhance your point, Chris, because you're kind of right on a lot of things here in in – I brought it up to you before we, um, before we hit play, before we hit record. Um, look, I'm, I'm a Michigan guy. I, I love, I love me some Blake Corum. Oh, really? Guy was oh. a guy was a heart and soul of Michigan. Yeah. We should have known that all these years. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but he's heart and soul of the team. He he's the reason why we won national. What like one of the core reasons why. Uh, guy is five foot eight, two hundred and thirteen pounds. He is the number one running back prospect in this draft. He is projected a second to third round pick. Yeah. And then it just it just goes down from there. And and there's no it's no knock on these guys. It's just your value. What is your value? Bijan Robinson was a top five, top I think it was fifth pick, fifth or sixth pick last year. Um and then 
I don't think anyone else skated in the first round if I'm missed it. No, I will check. Um, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs was oh, that's right, yeah. Also a first round pick. Um but you don't like Jameer and, 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 and Bijan have that combined skill set of running the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield, physical running back. And and as much as I don't just keep talking about Blake Corn was one. He's the number one running back prospect. It's who I know all about him. He doesn't have the greatest hands, but he's not he's not terrible. He's a physical running back. He's five foot eight. That is not long for the NFL. Not with no. the way he runs the ball. I I love the guy. He will be forever. He will be up in the ring of honor whenever they put him up there and and, and he'll never have to buy another meal, beverage, anything in Ann Arbor. The guy is just I, – I, and I'll root for him every Sunday, but he's just not built for a long-term NFL career. And anyone after that, it's – you're just going to start seeing warts. And maybe they'll maybe they'll surprise, you know. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson surprised us, and he didn't have this spectacular career at um, Oklahoma. But – I'm just looking at this this free agent, and I'm like, okay, I don't see anything this this year. If I'm a if I'm a middle tier or a contending team, I don't see anything in the in the draft that really says that running back's going to push me over. Like, let's take I know it's an easy example. Let's take the uh, Houston Texans. I don't I can't think of who they're. Uh, Starting running back is right now uh, that kid they drafted like two years ago. Oh, um, Pierce. Um, Thank you. I think it's Pierce. I think yeah, you're right. it's Pierce. Yeah. Um, maybe they're not sold on him. Um, maybe they want a buffer, a, a backup, a number two. Uh, this is like the perfect scenario for. Hey, I got a run. I got a young guy, but I need somebody like in case this guy can't hack it. In case this guy, i.e., someone coming in for Clyde Edwards Hilaire because. He couldn't quite pick up the pick up the pieces. That's where Jarek McKinnon came in for a season or two until they got Pacheco. Um, but I'm looking at like honestly, I look at this list, Chris. There's I'm excluding Jacobs and Barkley out of the conversation because I think we agreed like they're going to get some yeah decent decent money. I would look at Henry Zeke, Yate Foreman, and AJ Dillon. Those would be the four I would look at. It's kind of like if I'm gonna take if I'm if I need somebody and I need a a player that I'm confident is going to weather the storm and and be there day in and day out, um, you know I'm gonna go in the playoffs and he's gonna be there. I'm gonna pick one of those four. And it's crazy I know I'm putting Deontay Foreman in there, but a lot of the other guys you just go down the list, Chris. It's a lot of entry flags. Austin Eckler, injury flag, Gus Edwards, Singletary, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Jake, JK Dobbins. Uh Kareem Hunt has his issues, but he's also starting to age out a little bit. Yeah. Antonio Gibson has issues with health. Uh Madison, he had the just like um who was the guy you were talking about? Oh, to Pollard. Given the opportunity to kind of take the mantle mm-hmm. 
and he did. And I don't know no. if I mentioned, I don't, I didn't see Dalvin Cook, but I'm sure if I look again, probably Dalvin Cook will be on the free agent market, or he'll be, he'll get, uh, he'll get cut, possibly by, um, by Baltimore. Who knows? But it's, it's very much. If you're if you're if your talent bubbles you to the top, even that is not going to guarantee. Like you need to be number one or number two, which is, you know, for a time being it was Alvin Kamara, and now it's CMC and Jonathan Taylor. Like those are the kind of the one two, and then that's it. And then what's going to happen in a year or two? Well, CMC, unfortunately, if he starts to lose a step, like. Yeah, yeah, there's only there's only so much you can do, and then it's going to be John Taylor, and maybe one, and maybe Bijan. Like that's crazy that Bijan Robinson is going to start his second year, and he's probably top five, if not a little bit higher, as far as running back position. And his value is probably going to be greater than most running backs because he was a top five pick. I just find this fascinating. We talked about this before. It's it's just not a glorious position and I don't know if there's a way to fix this issue where you have such talent being on the free agent market. And I see two players that probably are guaranteed double digit million a year. I say probably, I don't, I don't know if that's a lock. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's going to be, couple eights couple sixes five here and there some fours some players that might have to go on better minimum like that's there's it's just bad it's bad and it's not, not going to get fixed and i think you you hit the nail on the head like you're unless you're Bijan robinson unless you're jameer gibbs and you tested out crazy and you did your wear on your tires were not that great in college, but right. you, your measurables were up there and, and you showed an ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Unless you do that stuff. It, it's just, if, if, if Blake Corum was four inches taller, he'd probably be a first round pick. And that's crazy to think. But if he was, if he was six feet at minimum, he'd probably be a first round pick. But he's not. Um, and and and, I, and I'll end with this, Chris. Uh, his college teammate, uh, Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards, fast. He's about <clears throat> six six one off the top of my head. Catches the ball like a wide receiver. And he got kind of usurped by Blake this year, which is fine because he's probably going to have his year this year. But if he goes out and have his, has a decent to good season – and he goes to the combine and shows he can catch the ball. His physicals are are up there. He's going to be a first round pick. Mm -hmm. And it's just the subtle difference between him having breakaway speed. You, if you saw the national championship, you saw what Donovan Edwards can do. The breakaway speed. That's what teams want. They want that. They want you to catch the ball. They want you to do everything. And unless you can do everything, and you have the size and physical. You're just not. You're just not going to be there. And this is this is where we're at. This is where we're at. But this is the year, I think, Chris. If you're a 
contending team and you have some money and you want to bring in two guys in your running back um, room to really kind of solidify and have enough to get you through the season and then in the playoffs, this might be the season where you say, let's put a little more into that running back room. We can help our quarterback, young quarterback, aging quarterback, and really take some heat off of our our offensive line to have to make those perfect blocks for a young rookie running back. Here, here, here that Buffalo. Here, oh wait, never mind. You guys can't. We'll get that out later. <laughs> uh yeah, no, just one more thing. I I, I I think the running back position has actually been a victim of its own success, to tell you the truth. We had so many guys who played at such a high caliber that routinely, you know, third, fourth, fifth round guys are becoming best running backs in the league. And, you know, you'd see really, really good offenses have a running back. Okay, this is our guy coming out of camp. He gets hurt. Okay, then you plug in the backup, and the backup has a pro bowl caliber season. Following year, he's the guy, tears up his knee, in, uh, you know, in, in preseason. Okay, the backup comes in and just successful. It's like we saw so much success because for a long time, there was one guy in each team that was the guy. And that's just how it was. The guy ran 25 times a game. Right up the middle, <laughs> unless you were like Emmett or 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 or, uh, or Barry Sanders. Wait, that's just how running back was, and then you got you saw the caliber of athlete and player that they became, as well as multifaceted in the game, receiving backs, mm-hmm. and certain teams value that more now. So you don't even have to necessarily be a great running back. Like as Patriots fans, we're just from a running back standpoint, was James White or Kevin Falk a great running back? No. No. If they were the primary running back running 25 times a game, they would have probably been out of the league in two or three years. But those guys had fantastic careers, and I'm a huge fan of both those guys. That's not a knock at all. That's just to say they kind of adapted with the position. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to run the ball, you know, for, for 100 yards a game, but right. I can get key first downs. I can catch six, seven balls a game. I can be a reliable blocker. I can cover all the bases. So now not only do you have more limited positions in the running back pool, you have an abundance of talent. So it's like, okay, well, if we don't get this guy, we'll get one of these four other guys. Who cares? (laughs) It doesn't really – it sucks for them, but it's the high-caliber play from that position for so long because – you only got to see one, really, unless somebody got hurt. Whereas you'll see six, seven, eight wide receivers and tight ends a game combined between the two positions. It's just nobody has to pay for talent two to three deep at, at running back. You just don't have to. And, and, and there's two teams that paid for that kind of philosophy of we have the young guy. We've seen him in flashes okay, he's going to take the reins. We're not going to pay the – continue to pay or or give a new contract to that guy. Maybe he's not old, but he's been around for a while. He's got some tread on And it was Dallas, and it was Minnesota. And what happened? They mm-hmm. paid for it. They yep. didn't – Tully Pollard just never was able to – and he never had a number two really behind him that was sufficient enough. They drafted some guy uh, – Deuce, I think Deuce Vaughn out of um, – 
Deuce Vaughn. I think it was Deuce Vaughn. Or, or I know the kid played for TCU um, to previous year, but he wasn't quite enough. And he's a small running back too. Um, but he wasn't enough as a number two behind Pollard to really help him out. And same with Alexander Madison. There was nothing there. And then they even traded for Cam Akers, who was a, I believe he was a low first, early second round pick. And he just never materialized. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to be that kind of, honestly, he was supposed to be B. John Robinson before B. John Robinson. And he just never materialized to that. I just think there's, there's good, I, you could argue that Zeke had a better season than uh, Tony Pollard. Just crazy because Pollard started out pretty hot and then he just, he just, and then, on that offense, it scored quite a few points too. Right, and Zeke Zeke was in a offense that was terrible, and he started off being number two, and then he just <clears> ended up being the guy. And I think he was pretty good in pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Run when running the ball was decent, so it's kind of like what you need. You need to understand your offense, and if you're, I think if you're a Kenny team, you have options out there that can help whether it's receiving out of the backfield or running between the tackles or a combination of both but with with the stable that's out there you kind of have to sit them down and say look this is your contract this is what we're looking to get out of you in this position because we're also bringing in this other veteran or we're bringing in this rookie or we have this guy on the roster so i think and that's probably why it worked for zeke in new england because he had a clear defined, hey, you're behind Ramondre. Yeah, yep. And it just so happened that Ramondre got injured with the season. The one clear, few clear things about her offense last year. Right. <laughs> and it was funny because uh, Dalvin didn't want to come to New England because of that reason and arguably could have had a better season in New England if he was the number one after Ramondre went down. But, hey, hey, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, um, but I I think it'll be interesting to see where these guys fall in after that initial after that initial burst of running backs taken taken in the draft uh, in um free agency. Like if you don't get to be one of those guys and you hang around and hang around until the draft, like you're in trouble. You're you're. Because there's going to be a kid that's going to come out and they're going to look at him and say, well, that kid can do what this guy does, but we're going to pay him a whole lot less. Quarter of the we'll pay him for the next four years. Uh, So I think if you're a running back outside of Jacobs and Barkley, I think you get an offer from a team, I think you almost have to to jump at that opportunity because – if it's put in front of you and you say, I'm going to think about it, one, they might be looking somewhere else, and two, they might pull right, right off the table. So that's my philosophy on these guys. It stinks for them because they, they have no leverage. No, nothing. So they literally just – whatever a team's going to offer them, they almost have to take. Well, the list of, uh, of teams that can make those offers without, you know, be coming further and further in cap hell 
uh, came out earlier this week with the 2024 NFL salary cap uh, announced. And I guess it was a 30% increase, which was a record. It went from, have this number right here, and then I started a segment and didn't pull it up. That's great. Uh, went from 224.8 million last season to 255.4 million this year. Uh, quite an increase. Uh, the uh, list of teams with the NFL cap space remaining, uh, and I think this is uh, actual numbers. I don't think this is, uh, like how sometimes they have actual cap and then actual spending available, which is just weird. Just say what the number is. It's odd how they do things sometimes. Uh, but the Commanders have the most cap room with $87 million, a little over $87 million. Uh, the Patriots are second with a little under 83 And uh, the Bears are third with a little over 80 Uh Followed by the Titans, Bengals, which will not last long with Pearl's contract uh, years coming up. Um, Colts, Texans, Lions. Um, kind of, you know. The, the Cardinals actually are the only top four pick team that's not in the top five. They're at number nine. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, the three teams, three of the four, uh, three first picks, uh, not a surprise to the most, the most cap space. Um, but, I mean, I, I think if you're the Patriots, you can get free agents. The history of the team the new direction of the team, uh, the fact that some of the issues with the team are kind of coming into light and can be corrected. Uh, if you're the Bears, you know, maybe they want to play with uh, Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison Jr., whoever they go with, and they, you know, they, they or, or Justin Fields, if they go a different direction. Um, they're like, where they're going, maybe. Um, man, if you're the Commanders, you're going to get guys strictly just playing for money <laughs> because, yeah, there's a mystery to that franchise, but the ugliness in between those times has kind of washed that away, sadly, the goodwill that that came from. Um, it, it's a team that's kind of all dressed up and nowhere to go. Like, yeah, they're going to probably get a top, <clears throat> a top quarterback. Wait, are they second? No, they're not second. I got that wrong. Giants are second, right? What the second pick in the draft? It's Washington. It is Washington. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, Giants are sixth. Just psyched myself out there for a minute. I thought I got it all messed up. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I just, I, I who you're not going to get like a top tier player who's like, oh, I want to compete. Who's going to have a bunch of offers? Being like, oh, I'm going to choose Washington. It just, it's not going to happen. Like they're kind of like they got to really hope they hit on these draft picks because they're not going to be able to rebuild through free agency. So they start showing free agents they're a team worth coming to. They're kind of in the spotlight Detroit was in for a while. And of all the money in the world, if nobody wants to take it, they're going to do them no good. And and I think their base problem, and, and some have argued, you know, Sam Howe, is he answer? Is he not the answer? <clears throat> oh, look at the season. He had a lot of passing yards. Yeah, but he threw, he was one for one. His ratio was one for one with a pass down. Touchdown. So that's that's it, you call that consistency. I, I will grant him that. That is consistency. Rob Mizzy has a pretty good wide receiving core. So that's not a good consistency with the wide receiving core he has. And 
my hope is that they decide to go with Drake May because I have one. Again, I will emphasize this point till till the day draft, the day of draft. I want no part of Drake May, so um, I can only hope that they go the UNC route again. Uh, but the Commanders' problem is their decision to go with Dan Quinn. I just it's still I don't confuses, get it. It still confuses me, and he is a defensive minded coach. Now there's no way. There's, there's no way that they go top the second pick in the draft. They go with um, a defense player. <laughs> they did that a couple of years ago, and they traded him to San Fran this past season for nothing. Yeah, for, for pennies and a dollar. My first. This is my projection. I don't have a defensive player going in the top ten. So wow, um, I'll put I'll put that out there right now. And unless I doubt it's going to change, um, so I'm willing to. I know I only got one. I only go with one, one official uh, mock draft, uh, but I'm comfortable to say that there's little to no doubt that there won't be one in the top ten. Uh, that being said, um, I think the Commanders have a lot of issues. Um, there's no way they have enough money to cover up all those issues. Um, they do have. Beef in the middle. Who do they, who are their two defensive tackles? Oh God, I don't I think know. Their name. One <laughs> one's one's Allen, the other one I can't. Top of my head, I can't think of. But um, that's basically what they have going for them. Uh, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Those are the two kind of big boys in the middle, and that they they use those guys are legit. But the problem is, is after that and Terry McLaurin, they don't have anything. Mm. And that's your superstar. That's your talented. I listened to a, it was a podcast. Um, crap. I can't remember what it was, but they, they kind of detailed like what championship team championship teams need. And they kind of went through it. I, I have to, if I find where I, 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 it was on YouTube. I saw it. Um, if I find it, I'll definitely post it on the, uh, the accounts, but, um, it really kind of dictated who's set up for success. Um, very defined positions, what you need, uh, what kind of talent, what above talent you need. And much like the Patriots, Washington commanders just don't have the right pieces in place to make that jump, make that hurdle to, you know, go from bottom of the barrel in the division to contending in the AFC, NFC and, I like what they have in pieces, but it's just, there's just not enough. And there's, the reality is, is if you go with a quarterback, then you've now wasted Sam Howell. Um, well, he, was mean, a fifth round, he was a fifth round pick, so it's not. No disrespect or nothing, but. Yeah, he wasted a couple of years, but it is a new regime, so I can't grant him that little bit of wiggle room, but. Like honestly, the the move for the Washington Commanders is if you're not committed to a quarterback, like if you don't love Drake May or Jaden Daniels, you don't love them. You have to love them. You need to you need to trade down with somebody who absolutely is infatuated with one of those kids, or someone who really, 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 really wants Marvin Harrison Jr. and is concerned about either the Patriots 
or it could be the Cardinals moving up, but if they're concerned about the Cardinals taking him and you really want him and you think that Marvin is your answer, then you make that move. But if I'm the commanders, I have all that cap space. I want to spend it wisely. I don't want to just throw money out there. Um, and I don't think, I don't think you could build a team through free agency full of guys that are just basically mercenaries and cobble it together and hope you have something. I don't think that's the answer. I no. think they just need to, <clears throat> to solidify if they're going to spend money, spend money as much as you can on that offensive line and commit yourself to either one of those quarterbacks or you trade back and you get a talent, still get a blue chipper, but you also get yourself some draft capital for the following season. Because in my opinion, looking at this draft, if you're the Bears, if you're the Commanders, or you're the Patriots, because I don't think the Cardinals are moving. The only reason why the Cardinals move is if Marvin Harrison isn't there. Um, But if you're one of those three teams and you want to move back, you need to receive on top of a first-round pick for this year, you need to receive a first-round pick the following season to make it worth it. At minimum. Because you – the 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 amount of attention these three are getting, and when I say these three, Drake May, Caleb Williams, and, and Jane Daniels, you're basically trading the rights to one of those players, and giving up one of those three players for just a first round pick this year and some other pieces is just not enough in my opinion. No. So, um, the Commanders specifically the bears and the Patriots all have to be in love with the quarterback. They're going to take um, the Bears' situation is, is very unique. They have Justin Fields. I would trade back. I would go with Justin trade back. Yeah. Um, if, if the commanders, like, even if the commanders want to move up one spot, <clears throat> you're taking a first round pick from them in addition to this year. Right. I don't care if it's one spot. You want Caleb Williams? That's that's the price. That's the price. And maybe that is the price, but um but I definitely if I'm the Bears, I gotta make the move now for Justin if I'm gonna make it. The closer you get, the closer teams are just gonna be like, We're good. And you're not gonna get anything for him. Uh I think we talked about this before. I think Justin right now, I would give up a third or fourth. That's what I would give up. Yeah. I don't give up a first uh, first round or second. No, I give him no. a third or fourth. And that's what his value is right now. It's He has a potential, but you know, A, he's damaged. And B, if the Bears weren't considering trading him, they would have probably been aggressive to make a move to trade that pick already. That's that's my opinion. So could wait until after they see how free agency shakes out too. Yeah, I I, I think they can look at the, but the the wide receiver. What, what what do the Bears need? If, if let's I'm going to give you a scenario. If they stay with Justin Fields, what do they need? Um, I'd say a steady tight end. Mm, you don't like Cole Komet? Uh, I like I like a, a tight end that can really contribute offensively, and I don't think he has any kind of. Maybe it's the game plan; it's not him, 
but I've never seen a lot of consistency out of him from a, history a, a, a numbers wise. Um, I think that's like, man, during the Patriots, the height of the Patriots' success, they always had great tight end play. Uh, I, you want you know a solid tight end as we've seen with Kelsey and, uh, yeah. I mean he's Patrick Mahomes' go to and understandable understandable why. Um, the line I have to admit I'm not super knowledgeable about the quality of the Bears' offensive line, but I, I would say with some of the offensive struggles it, it can't be tremendous. Uh, so right. I would agree with that. I, I'd say maybe trade back and take. Who's a kid from the Notre Dame? Joe Alt. Joe Alt, who's like offensive line Jesus, apparently. Um, from what some of the people I've been hearing talking is like he's gonna like revolutionize the position. Apparently, apparently I, nothing against him. I don't know. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. It's just kind of like okay, like you can only hype a guy up so much. Um, true, true, very true. But but I mean, I guess if it's an offensive lineman getting some love, that's you know they don't get that often, so good for them. Um, I mean, it's just from the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, uh, you just got to pick a direction. I mean, you got to. Joel is 6'7", 317. Well, he's a big boy. And he ran a 5, uh, 5.2 at the. Uh, oh, no, it was projected. It was projected for a time as 5.2, but we'll find out real quick when that is. I think uh, probably Saturday. Yeah. But, I mean, team needs. They showed something at the end of last year. Yeah. Uh, they did. And they showed some character in coming back and, and, and like they got some fight in them, which you like to see from a young team. But they just need some pieces on offense to make them steadier and be a slightly better line, a good tight end. Uh, receivers actually seem pretty good. It just didn't have very consistent quarterback play for whatever reason. And then just figure out who they are on defense. Like They've just been all over the place the last few years. Have to remember, they also have their first round pick too at nine. That's that's true. So they have two first, two top ten picks. I think God, this is man. what I this is what I think, Chris, because you have the number nine pick. So realistically, you could, depending on how it falls, you could get either the second or third best defensive uh, offensive tackle at that one, if you so choose. If you're going to stay with Justin Fields, you need to trade back uh, one or two spots and pick up Marvin. Mm. You you don't go beyond four. Four four is four is the 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 floor for Marvin. He doesn't Marvin Harrison doesn't get past four. Cardinals are Cardinals are taking him, and if the he's not there for the Cardinals, there's always a chance that they. Uh, they back out of four, but that is the floor for Marvin. So, um, if I'm the card, if I'm the, the Bears and I want to get a piece of him, you put him with with uh, DJ Moore and and uh, Justin Fields, and then you have Cole Komet, and like you said, there's a couple of other pieces. Um, you could always with that cap space um, now that you potentially added maybe Marvin Harrison, and you added the, either the second or Third best offensive tackle. Now you can get yourself maybe another premium offensive lineman. You can get yourself um, um, a corner uh, that you want to pay. Uh, they have Jalen Johnson, but apparently they want to pay him. 
maybe you can find yourself some linebackers that you actually want to keep instead of trading someone like Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens, and then he gets his payday. Um, like they have options. I just think it hinges this draft hinges on what the Chicago Bears are going to do. Like as that crazy as that is, same as last year. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's the same thing last year. But th- I think this one kind of really, it really is going to dictate what they're going to do because if they go with Caleb. At one, then the dominoes are just going to start to fall right in place. But if they make a move and they trade back, if they trade back one or two spots, either they don't love Caleb or they're going for Marvin. So I I think the amount of cap space they have, they, they can stick with Justin. But then that's the new, that's that, head coach sticking with Justin Fields and saying he's the answer. And therein lies the problem. Is yeah. he the answer? I don't know, but I, I think after watching it in the last year, you could definitely do worse. Um, I think the okay. thing with that is keeping him healthy so we can get those reps and be consistent. Their best bet may be it. Yeah, I think you trade back and go line, honestly, with that team. That number <clears> pick, nine pick, that nine pick is, is prime for the second, third best offensive tackle. And then you take your like you said, they have a wealth, a wealth of uh, of um, money available, and they could and, go get themselves the best offensive. I don't. I'm not saying get them getting Trent Brown. That would be a, an absolute disaster. But yeah, Jason Kelsey. Uh, no, there's not. No, he's too old. Um, I don't know how good he is, but Miami's starting center is 26 years old. Uh, I'd have to look at his stats to see if he was any good. Jonah Williams, a right tackle for Cincinnati, who's not terrible. Uh, he's 26 years old. Like you, you've got some guys. There's some guys here that you can pay that are still within their, you know, prime or they're starting to end their prime that you can go get and say, okay, here's here's an offensive line. Justin, this is this is your opportunity right here. And and here's the thing, Chris, and this is this is again, this is my opinion. If they suck, okay, and you're able to drop back and get that extra first round pick, now you have your first round pick and the second round pick, the first second first round pick next year. If you stink and Justin's no good. Well, then you take it, and then you take then you take your another bite at the apple, and you got some guys coming next year. Um, prime number one is, well, no pun intended, Shadur Sanders. Prime number one is Prime Junior. Yeah, um, but I, I do want to stick on New England for a second. Well, they have a lot, a lot of cap space. Yeah, and this is a new regime. Like we're. There's rumors coming out. It's a lot of the same, or there's going to be some change. It's like this. I think I don't think we're going to know what this regime is going to be like until we get to the draft. Yeah, I agree. Because instinctually, if 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 this was Bill Belichick 
We're looking at number three. Oh, they're trading back. Oh, yeah. They're trading back. We're going, we're trading back to number 10. We're going to pick up a first round pick. Uh, we'll pick up some other pieces in, in, in other rounds. And and we're going to be okay with, you know, the, like a, the second, third best offensive tackle, maybe the best defensive lineman. I don't know what we're going to get this year. Um, is there anything out there as far as free agency that you see that could potentially be, I don't want to say monumental shifting because I don't think there's anything out there. There's, I don't think there's anything that could be out there that could change the landscape for the Patriots, but is there anything that kind of sways you a little bit? Um, I mean, I, I don't think, yeah, I mean, from the standpoint of are they going to be a Super Bowl contender next year? Obviously not. Uh, from the standpoint of they had a really good defense. People forget how good that defense was. I mean, that defense was holding teams that are putting up 30 or 40 points, even after they lost Gonzalez and uh, um, oh, our, our GM there, uh, Medjunan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even after they lost them, they were still holding good teams to low scores. Yeah, we're going to lose some of those players potentially. I do want to see them re-sign Duggar. I really do. Uh, we're, supposedly, there's already an offer out to him. Um, so hopefully they can re-sign him. Um, <clears throat> man, I got to say, just looking at these these players, I mean, are you talking offense or in general? In general. In I have general. Mind, but... I mean, they want to make a splash. You go after Chris Jones, but I think a 30-year-old guy – getting top dollar at that position is it what it's not he's not worth it it's it's not what's best for the team you're not going to rebuild the team like that defense wasn't the problem i think we have the answer there though in-house i think barmore is the answer oh i I love barmore he's great yeah barmore had a barmore is the one player in my opinion that stepped up when matthew judon went out like he's the one who said i'm gonna i'm gonna raise my level and he did, because Josh Uche was. Where was he? Yeah, Anthony, Jen- Anthony James played decent, but he's a decent player. He's not a great player, but I think Barm. Like, so I agree with you. Like, Chris Jones on a different. T- we discussed that uh, previously, but Chris Jones on the right team, I think, elevates that team. I think Bar. It would be a mistake on this team because that would, I think, that would do two things. It would take away playing time from Christian Barmore. And two, it would give him like okay, so they don't think they don't think I'm the answer. I do have an idea for a player in that same realm. Okay. Because I saw this on Twitter. I want to say like a week, week and a half ago. Josh Allen. Yeah. And no, no. If you're out there, no, not the quarterback. Josh. The other Josh Allen. Yeah. The other Josh Allen, the 26-year-old outside linebacker. Pair Imagine him with him with uh Yep. Judon. Oh man, yep. I mean nasty. Yep, that's that's my I saw that. Uh I have a now I go on my site different than your site, Chris, but I have my site that, that I go on. And the market value for Josh Allen is a five year one hundred and nineteen million dollar contract. At just under twenty-four million dollars, 
per year, uh, which puts him, which puts him, uh, let's see, that puts him uh, slightly below Rashawn Gary, uh, just above Bradley Chubb. Problem with that is, you bring a guy in that position, and you put him with Judon, you got to raise Judon, which you may have to Chubb anyways. Honestly, I think you have to anyway because you have the money to do it. Yeah, you have to anyways, just in good faith. For- I mean. He's clearly proven he's a good soldier, you know, like pay him, get him with the par and let's move on. Like stop with the days of less is more. Uh, And they're going to cut, they're going to cut JC Jackson. They're just going to. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's always so weird. Whenever you see a guy like leaves as a free agent, it's a high contract, doesn't pan out. And then he just can't seem to ever find a, a place to land. It's, it's, um, well, here's a here's the thing, Chris. If they let him go to the league year, they have to pay him twelve million dollars. So I need them to cut him. Um, but I'm looking at I'm looking at Matthew Judon. Like right now, he's his cap hit is fourteen point six this year. Like raise that up. Yeah, he's one year left on his contract. Thirty two years old. Just say, here's a raise. Here's an incentive potential raise. We have the money this year as long as they don't spend it. This is not this is not the Bill Belichick. You saw I sent you that text that graded out the Patriots mm-hmm. as an organization top to bottom. They were the third worst organization overall. The commanders and the Dolphins. Shit. Thank you. Were the other two. Mm-hmm. Commanders were dead last. Dead last. And if you're if you go on Twitter or yeah, I think it's only. I think I've only seen it on Twitter. Uh, it's just the NFLPA grades, um, and they grade you know facility, food, coaching, owners, all that. Kansas City Chiefs owners were rated the worst owner by the Players Association. Fun fact. But I think this is a to get back on track. I think this is potentially we could see a new shift in the Patriots and you're you pointed it out like Judon has been since he's been in New England has been a I don't, I don't know if there's words for it really he's no. just been, been amazing like uh, just just been a guy where anyone talks shit about the Patriots he's just been there to back up the Patriots so I think you respect him for that he's got one year left it's basically this is it so why don't you push him to 16 or 17 million and say this is this is what you get for for being that guy I'm looking at this list of free agents here mm-hmm. and given the team needs uh I, I, and and just the fact I think they're going to build through the line some maybe in free agency yep. definitely the draft uh I think they go quarterback number one um or first round excuse me I I, I really would love Marvin Harrison jr I really would and then just mm-hmm. take a chance on a, on a on a quarterback, maybe a veteran. Don't give like Baker Mayfield forty five million dollars a year. Like, don't be stupid. Like, don't 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 set our money on fire. Um, first guy I'm calling, and I know it sounds crazy, when free agency starts is Gabe Davis. Interesting, because they're going to go quarterback, and Gabe Davis mm-hmm. has proved he may not be. Uh, have necessarily the flashiness of a you know a Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. This dude can play. He can catch and he can run routes really, really well. 
all things you need for a young developing quarterback. He's young himself, 25. Give him a good, healthy contract. Don't undersell him. Make him feel valued. Give him that four or five year deal. If it'll take some, you know, four or five years. I don't even know what they're after contractually wise anymore. Some guys want two years. Some guys want seven, ten. I don't know. But this guy has all the skills, especially since I hope we can bring back Kendrick Bourne. Doesn't look like we will, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, you got uh, uh, Douglas. I don't only gonna. I think he's gonna thrive in the new offense of the new quarterback. I think that kid, uh, Demario Douglas, right? That's his first name. Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> supposedly Tycon Glenn Thornton's a savior. Um, I don't know. That poor kid can't stay healthy uh, or, or get on the field, so who knows? But I think Douglas, you bring in Gabe Davis, maybe add a guy or two in the draft. Um, I know I'm forgetting somebody, too. But, I mean, I guess maybe Juju and Parker have to be here still contract because of the contracts. I don't know. Maybe... They can be veterans. Um, I don't have faith in the character of either one of those guys to be a team leader. So maybe Gabe Davis can come in and do it in a wide receiver room. But I mean, we need other we need guys who can come in, run good solid routes, have good hands, be reliable. That's what the Patriots are based on during the successful Brady years. It wasn't always Randy Moss, and Edelman wasn't really Edelman to begin with. Like you had to develop these guys in the offense, and Davis is definitely a guy who can. I would. I know some of the big defensive guys, and I know some of the other guys on the list are offensively ranked higher. I don't want to give a guy in his early to mid-30s a massive contract. Uh, if we're going to do that, give it to a guy we already have here. Right. right. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to sign a big-name defensive free agent. They need so much help on offense. I want Let's pay Duggar, make some good good draft moves, Maybe get some value in defense and then, you know, in free agency and then put the money in the offensive line. Make sure you can get some running backs to, to back up Stevenson because as much as I like the guy, he's, he's had a hard time staying healthy. Uh, if he could be healthy the whole year, I think he'd be amazing. He'd be a Pro Bowl caliber running back, but it hasn't proven he can. Get some guys to kind of take some of the load off of him. Just build a well-rounded team. We don't have to go – from 0 to 100 in one year. That doesn't really happen that often. We're not going to draft the next Patrick Mahomes, okay? It's not what, what now we're doing this year. But we can build a team and have a solid foundation and then build from there. Like, you're going to have a lot of cap from the following year, too, because you have almost no dead cap. So you're going to have a good number again next year. Like, you can really do something special here with a high pick and build uh, through free agency, so... I'm just hoping to see smart moves. Uh, I don't want to see – I don't need to see a crazy spending spree day one. If it happens, the way so be it. I just want to see smart moves. And I want to see guys who have been here and, and showed they can do it get paid. Uh, although a lot of times Belichick was right to not pay guys because they went somewhere else and didn't have a good a good venture. You know, that's a that's an almost endless list. Um. But I'd love to see Duggar re-signed. Um, yeah, pay Judon, get him up to par with everybody else. <clears throat> Maybe on when you we bring him back. You think what he's going to cost? I'm hoping. I, I hope so, but I, I don't know. He's got like, positional versatility too. Yeah, I mean he's and, and he's proven. I mean he was a he was a late round trade. He was a sixth round pick, wasn't he? 
I, I mean, like he was six, yeah. Yeah, talk about really making the most of your opportunity. But, yeah, I mean, that's – I'm kind of rambling now. But uh, – I do like the Gabe Davis. I got I got him at four years, $13 million per roughly. Oh, all, dude, that's, all that's, day. That's all the, day give him that. Right. And, and unfortunately, I hate to break this news to you, we are stuck with those two. Yeah. For at least one more year. So, um, Juju and Devontae will be splitting time. Hopefully, they'll be splitting time with each other. Um, honestly, Chris, they could, they have the money. And especially, like I said, they're going to cut JC Jackson. That's going to be 12 million more that they ha- will have to spend. If Robert Kraft, like, he hasn't done anything to diminish his reputation yet. Yeah. I think there's some things that they've done uh, on the way out with Bill. Um, this whole dynasty thing that they have on Apple TV, uh, I have no time for. I'm I'm all set. Um, I think I think what the mistake they could do is what the I hate to invoke these names, but Henry and Warner, what they did with the Red Sox, you know they. Basically, bad mouth Tito out of town, which I'm still, I still have sour taste. About oh, dude, about. same here. Yeah. Um, and they weren't great to uh, John Farrell out of town, and they just been dismissive the past three to four years. I think, I think this is perhaps opportunity right here. Hand the team over to Gerard Mayo. Who knows if it's going to work out or not? But if you're going to do it, hand it over to him and say, hey. We have the money this year. You and Bill have conflicted on what exactly was, you know, what finances were allowed to be spent. Okay, let's let's just take that and put it off to the side and say, okay, you can dismiss that by going out to this free agency. You have the money, be smart about it. I'm not saying sit there and just you know, write checks. Be smart about it. Be financially sound, saying Instead of getting, you know, which didn't work, but instead of getting Judon and or uh, uh, not Judon, uh, John Smith and Hunter Henry in the same offseason, and then some other pieces and Matthew Judon, and only Matthew Judon worked out really. Um, go out and spend on Gabe Davis, and then maybe you can give that big contract to Josh Allen, and then you can re-sign Kyle Duggar that way. You're telling the team we're getting some offensive help and pre We're getting some defensive help. And oh, by the way, if you do your job and you do it well and you're productive, you're going to get a contract extension. This is mm-hmm. this is this is not the old way of doing it, where we're gonna we're gonna cheapen out a little bit. And I think that could go a long ways. And as you spend on free agency, you get people in the right position, and you kind of dwindle down what you need. Now you can put yourself in a position at number three to say, do we go quarterback? Do we go wide receiver? Or do we trade down and say, can we get, can we drop down to eight, nine, or 10 and get our three, four, five, uh, four, five, or six quarterback in the draft? I'm not going to reveal what I have. Sign up. Well, not yet, of course, not yet. But you know, it, like I, like I told, like I said before, like three, four, uh, four, five, and six in the quarterbacks 
uh, for this draft are kind of interchangeable. It really depends on who you're talking to on which one. And honestly, the structure of the offense really dictates on which one you want because each of them bring their own unique skills. Yeah. Michael Penix, JJ McCarthy, and Bo Nix. They're not entirely different, but they all have their unique talents. And if you watch the 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 playoffs, or if you watch well, if you watch the championship game, you saw Penix get absolutely throttled by the Michigan defense, but you did see J.J. McCarthy play absolutely fantastic, FYI. Um, <laughs> no bias there, folks. Zero biased. <laughs> um, but I think there's a lot of possibilities there. It's just a matter – there is no – there. it is very difficult that you're going to draft a quarterback, number two, have a team built to flip the script from going number two to going to the playoffs like the Houston Texans did. It's a unique scenario. Yeah. And, and CJ Stroud for the fact that he went to Ohio State, which I hate. I knew this was going to be him. Like I knew this was going to be him. Like yeah. he is he he was in the MVP discussion his first year. Yeah. He's legit. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. So Yeah, that's also a winner down there in Texas, that's for sure. So and, yeah. and we'll dive in. We'll dive more into this. But oh yeah, we'll dive further into free agency. Yeah, there's definitely, I think, for the Patriots. Just speaking on the Patriots, there's potential to do a lot to help this team in free agency and really uh-huh. give them the ability to pers- be precise in solid foundation. And and you got Judah, and, you, and especially if you sign Wenyu, now you're signing guys on both sides of the ball mm-hmm. with new contracts. To say you earned it. Yeah. Here you go. Well, now oh, it's not. Here. Now it's not. Oh, you paid. We played four or five years. Maybe we franchise you. They don't really have a habit of doing that normally. But no, they just. But what, what, you're pretty much auditioning for your for your first big contract because you're not going to get it here. Right. Someone else is going to get it. Where I, I agree with that completely. It's going to help morale a ton if you go. Hey, if I play my way, I might. I can get my big contract here and have my whole career here and build build a legacy here. At a franchise that already has quite a history, so um, yeah, we'll get into that more. Uh, we got a little longer than we planned. Now we can probably uh, the combine's still going on right now. We can probably hold off the quarterbacks, not throw one until next sure. time if you want. Sure. Um, so do you have anything else, or you good? No, well, we'll just do a kind of comprehensive on um, the combine. Next yeah, for sure, definitely. That's kind of what I figured. Really... We just do everything overall, yeah. you know. Just um, if you don't watch it, I don't blame you if you don't watch it. It's it's good for about ten minutes, and then it's just like give it that much that much uh, faith, huh? I, I'm being gracious. Uh, watch the here's my suggestion: watch the clips on Twitter, watch the clips on Instagram. That's that's about all you need to do. Yeah, let's show you the highlights. Guys, it's it's a tough watch. Besides that, there's a couple guys who are gonna run like a four two, and that's gonna be like the the it thing. That's about it. Let's, it, you know, and I know, Chris. Let's let's just tell them, the combine is what it is. It's not. It really doesn't raise or lower your draft stock that much. And if you take, and if your team that if your team takes that thing seriously, like as it takes it as a, a ultimate measuring stick of what you your one name one name Mike Mamula. The combine makes the Pro Bowl look like the Super Bowl 
in the last few seconds. Like it, it is, yes. it is, it is drier than a desert. Um, it is. I'm not saying it's useless. I'm not nothing against the, the, the athletes or, or whatever. It's just it is a tough watch because it's it's for your most hardcore of stat nerds who yes. watch it really enjoy. And I I say that as a stat nerd who can't watch it, I can't do it. It's um, it's like watching the seventh round of the draft. It's like I know this might be a guy who can help my team, but I really have better things to do on a Sunday afternoon and I, wonder who I came out of southwestern Louisiana State like. For the LSU, my dogs. Yes. Uh, the best, the best teams get out of this. The combine is the interviews, and we don't see the interviews. So right. What like what? what are... We hear about them. We hear about them years later, but we don't. We don't hear about them at the right. time. If it's really, really good or really, really bad, is the only time we hear about them. And then, even then, it's not. Who who cares? It, it it's look. Watch the tape from the player playing on the field during the season. That's that's I think you want to look at that, not what they do in a t-shirt and shorts on an open field. Like no, see what they did on the field. Yeah, that kind of can tell you what that player is going to be. Combine can't measure intangibles, and sometimes that's the biggest factor. Tom Brady didn't score well at the combine. Let's just say that. All right. That's going to do it for episode 218. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions on this episode, past episode, or anything sports related at all, Ben and I love to hear from you. We're going to get in touch with us. Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. If you haven't done so yet and feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating, review, and ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you right back here next time. Thank you.